Wait a minute, I hear something. What's happening? It's time again for another Dr. Movie. And this is a special, special, it's a special, special episode. Because you know it's been bat crap crazy week. Well, I can't think of a better way to end it than get my good buddy Court Syops to come on and talk about one of our favorite movies. What's happening, my brother? Not too much, my man, Ricky. And I love it that uh, when you think of batshit crazy, you think of Court Syops. <laughs> well... That should be, like, maybe your middle name. <laughs> <laughs> Court Batchett's Crazy Psyops. That's it, man. It's better than my real middle name, my man. <laughs> well, mine too, actually. <laughs> I got one of those passed-down middle names that I was like, really? Y'all couldn't come up with anything more original, right? So, yeah. <laughs> it saved me. Having my middle name be my dad's name saved me from being a junior, at least. Mm, yeah. Well, I've got the ever-popular Eugene passed down to me, so... Oh, so it's like a Morgan line of whoever, Eugene Morgan? Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds maybe sounded like a good idea in, the, in 1970. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a cousin who has that same name as his first name, and he's doing just fine with it. So if you folks don't know that may be new to this show, Court Psyops has the most awesome Cinema Psyops podcast. Uh which is awesome. Again, you should quit listening to my shows and go check out his shows. Oh, come on. Your shows are a lot more uh, digestible than ours because you make them so bite-sized and easy to understand what's going on. Whereas Matt and I are just <laughs> ranting, rambling idiots for like an hour and a half of your life or more for our show every week. And there you go, folks. What else do you need? I mean, that's that's perfect <laughs> excuse to go check it out. Uh, but they, oh. they do. And what I like about the show is I mean it's it's still pretty rooted in horror, but it it kind of goes outside of those boundaries quite a bit too, and that's that's something I respect. I like when people are willing to get outside the box, and uh, you know, Court and I have a lot of fun. We do we do a, a special show for for Legion podcast called Mental Rental, which we're kind of guilty of not cranking out enough of those, which is probably my fault. But uh, we do have one a, in the can, and if I'm the one that's got to edit it, you give me the files. I'll take care of it, my man. Because <laughs> I want that one out. That one was great. We did Roller Boogie with Danny not too long ago, and I can't wait for people to hear it and or see right. it. <laughs> right. That's right. So, yeah, I, I guess maybe I do need to jump on that. I, I I thought I got it out there, but I guess I didn't. Anyways, folks, if you if it's if you might want to check that one out. Who knows? But yeah, that was a lot of fun where we got both guys from Helming and Court together, which we've done several things together. So that's always a lot of fun. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking today about some Dario Argento. You already know how I feel about Dario. Probably know how Court feels about it because he's the one that brought this movie to the show. And what movie is that, Ricky? That is Phenomena, or for you American people. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomena. <laughs> Phenomena. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, and again, this this, this is why we're friends. <laughs> well, I knew um, one of us was going to make the joke, so I just grabbed that on the YouTube, like, right off the bat and had it ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, Dario Argento. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. This is probably, well, this is definitely one of my favorite movies he's done. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
I know we always talk about the big hitters, right? We always talk about Suspiria. Yeah. I do love Deep Red, but I really think this one, as bat crap crazy as it is, <laughs> one of his better films. Oh, it's definitely better produced. It's definitely shot gorgeously. I just got my hands on a 4K version of this. Um, mine Ooh. was the Synops release. And awesome. I watched the international, or not the international, but the Italian version, which is the longest version for this show for mm -hmm. my review. And I am super happy with the transfer. All of the grain that's in the film is still there. It's literally just a 4K scan. Um, they may have cleaned up some scratches and some defects and things like that. Uh, and this is one of those like integral cuts where the things that exist in the Italian only version, they only have Italian dialogue for. They never right. dub that in English and stuff like that. So it's kind of like yeah. that version of Deep Red that's the integral mm -hmm. cut where all the added scenes that never got put in anywhere else, they're just in the original Italian that was right. dubbed in later. I, I just I just reviewed a copy as well. It wasn't a 4K scan of it, but it was the same way. It had the extra scenes with the Italian di dialogue in it that were cut out originally. So that was pretty interesting to to go. Yeah, I don't really know what they're saying right here. So, <laughs> Well, luckily for me, mine had subtitles, so I did know oh. what they were saying at least. So. Mine didn't. Yeah. Oh, I, I gave you a challenge too, because so, the, the, the episode before this one, if I'm correct, will be Boxer's Omen. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I haven't. That sounds like a martial arts film. Well, it's 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 a Shaw Brothers film. It's like it's like if Fulci made a film for Shaw Brothers. That's it's, it's the only way I can describe it. I must own it now. And uh, <laughs> that sold the, me alone. <laughs> the version I had had no overdubs and had no subtitles. So I had to just kind of figure out what was happening, which there's no figuring this movie out. It's. <laughs> That's how it I is. watched uh, Cass Hearn for the very first time, the live action version that was made in like the early 20 aughts. Yeah. yeah. I, I had no subtitles for it. All I had was just this beautiful visual feast that was just mesmerizing. I, I don't know if this is beautiful. This the Boxer's <laughs> Omen is, I mean, you do have Bolo Young in there for a little bit, so oh, that's kind of cool. That's enough for me to consider it beautiful, man. That guy's pecs are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he always gives them that stare. And, rrr, rrr. It's, he's the same character in every movie, but hey, anyways. He's just but, Bolo uh, Young. It's like you, you hire yeah. Bolo Young to be Bolo Young. Exactly. And uh, But yeah, man, that movie is, whoo, it's wacko. So uh, <laughs> I need to you, find a version of that with subtitles for both of us then. <laughs> you, need, you, need to, you need to check it out and, you know, let me know what you think about it. Because like I said, hopefully this will be the next day and that the, the episode will come out the day before and... It's just bonkers, man. Just, there's, <laughs> there's things in there that just you try to figure out what they're doing. I don't know, man. It's 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 right up there with Hazu as far as just over the top craziness. So <laughs> you've already sold me on this. I'm already going to find it. <laughs> it wouldn't take much. I mean, it's it's it's. I'm surprised you haven't heard it. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. Boxer's uh, Omen. You said. Boxer's Omen. Yep. It's a Shaw, Shaw film from eighty. About the same time period, 83, 85, somewhere around in there. Oh, nice. Strange, strange. But let's not forget this one, right? This one's strange and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And the film that we're talking about is... <laughs> All right. I see us getting nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm going to close that window out to avoid that joke anymore. We've we've pushed that as sure far as it's going to go. You will. No, sure I, you will. <laughs> I swear on the gods of podcasting that is closed out. And now I'm just looking for Boxer's Omen in the background. Uh, <laughs> so if you're not familiar with this movie, 
uh, in the U.S., there's a very edited-down version that was called Creepers. Uh, has some cool artwork, but there's no comparison. You you have to see the version. It's phenomena. Do, 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 do. <laughs> we'll just sing it. That's what we do. Uh, so let's do a quick synopsis on this. And this is very, very vague because that's the reason we're doing this show so we can talk about it. But it says an American at a Swiss finishing school uh, calls on insects to help a paralyzed scientist fight a monster. <laughs> I mean, yes, but also not enough information. Yeah, <laughs> that's just enough to make you go, huh? <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. And uh, come on, man. I mean, the music in this, right? You, you obviously got some goblin going on. Uh, Claudio Simonetti doing stuff. We got some Iron Maiden. <laughs> Yeah, in this Flash movie. of the Blade. It's the most uh, fitting of any of the yeah. heavy metal that he would just insert into his his shows for no reason, because there is a Flash of the Blade that is taking lives. Yeah, so really what's going on, these schoolgirls are being killed by, and the, the weapon of choice is basically a spear. It's like a retractable spear, but they put a knife on the end of it. It's what if Suspiria, but no witches and Carrie versus Jason. Yes, I was going to bring up the Carrie thing for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like the Jason twist, too. I get that. But yeah, so let's let's do something real quick and do uh, let's look at our cast. You got Jennifer Connelly. I mean, I, here's the thing about it. Probably, most people probably think of Labyrinth, which is what Argento saw her in and he wanted her in this role. Right. I think of her in this movie. Me I too. just do. Yeah. Uh, the the scenes where, I mean, she she's that, she's just the perfect person for this part because it's that wholesome kind of thing, but she has these abilities, right? It just, it just works. So Argento got this one right. And she starts out emotionally as sort of a blank canvas because she's sure. so on guard. But as yeah. she sort of comes out of her shell with her roommate and starts to trust her and really like her, then those vulnerabilities open up and then she actually emotes more and we get more uh, of her because she's not as guarded. And then, of yep. course, that vulnerability gets destroyed because she's in an all-girls <laughs> school and we know what happens in all-girls schools. Bullying. That's Lots right. I mean, and that's that's the Argento always lines up the, these these roommates, classmates to always be these people. You're just like. I wouldn't want to be around these people. Yeah, with the <laughs> exception right? of her actual first roommate, everybody else in that yeah. school is a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, come on. Donald Pleasance, right? Oh, amazing in this. Even his horrible Scottish accent is amazing to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the accent is not great. <laughs> but uh, he plays a, a, a doctor here or a professor who is studying, how do we word this? The impact of he, he can tell when uh, a person was deceased based off of the way the insects react to it. Right. What yeah. larva stage they are as far as feeding off of it. Uh, yeah, That's, he goes into that. It's like uh, 15 days. It's like a 15 day cycle for all these various types of insects. And he can tell by the maggots that are behind or whatever flies might be attracted to it at the time. He can calculate the time of death based on that because it's a known thing that he has already studied. And he's the world's foremost expert in this, which is very Argento. Very yeah. cat's eyes. And, or yeah. Nine yeah, deaths I mean, and a cat's eye. No, no, no. Uh, cat yeah. of nine tails in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, 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 the one that really knows. The only one that really knows. Right. Uh, Dario Nicolotti, 
you know, what can you say about her? I mean, this is that period when their the relationship probably wasn't going well, so Argento puts her in these roles and has her killed off. <laughs> You know, oh, and let's not forget, he also has a thing with killing off his daughters in films because Fiori's, I think, Fiori, the first, first, first uh, one. Yeah, the first death that we see on film and a very gruesome one at that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what a setup, right? Yeah, I was going to say Fiori is next on the list. Um, uh, you got uh, Mikhail Sauve in this too. He pops in Suave. Um, he's <laughs> the director of Cemetery Man, aka Delamorte yeah, Delamore, which will be covered really soon on this show. Hit a man um, up for that. Hit a man up for that. <laughs> we might can make that work. Uh, <laughs> who am I missing here? Who am I leaving out? Uh, well, we uh, got, you got most of the main cast and most of the faces that people would recognize for the most part. Um, right. And you already mentioned uh, Claudio Simonetti, but Bill Weinman had a lot to do. Like he wrote one yes, of the most... Uh, the longest uh, on-screen pieces where she is in the field. Yeah. And that's just a gorgeous bit of music that he put together oh. for this movie. Very ethereal. Yeah, everything's so dreamlike and ethereal that I yeah. feel that's the Suspiria influence. Like, this is not a, a drama or just a slasher film. This is a fantasy film that has all those other drama and slasher elements to it. Yeah, I mean, and again, that's that's why it kind of fits in this category of what we're talking about. This, this to me, this is the one that, even though it is totally bat crap crazy, it's still such a beautiful and interesting film that you know it, it's nice to group it in here and kind of show you that even though you can really get out there with like the visitor or maybe demon wind. Uh, <laughs> now that is bat crap crazy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, the story here is you got a serial killer who's being tracked down. And, and who's chasing a girl that can talk to insects. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of it. I well, mean, she has telepathy that actually surfaced in the, the, the film does try to really explain things, but you have to really put in the work. Like you have yeah. to really pay attention to every piece of dialogue. Luckily I've watched it enough to really get it, but uh, her telepathy where she can communicate with insects was, at a point where she would not get stung by them and then she liked them and they liked her. But right. it's when she was sleepwalking and get got hit by the car that Donald Pleasant says that that must have activated something in her. Yeah, it and turned just, the switch on. Yeah. Right, it just basically amped up her telepathy to full power because now she can control insects and almost right. directly communicate with them. And they hinted at the telepathy in that she was sleepwalking because she was going to find the murderer. Like she's right. drawn to this uh, subject matter. And it might be just because... Perhaps the maggots that are always on the murderer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which is the interesting Argento twist that you always get that that the 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 MacGuffin, right? That's gonna lead you to somewhere else. Yeah, they she happens in her sleepwalk, you know, that she's being led by a lightning bug <laughs> to to track where this murder happened and she finds a glove from the murderer that's got these maggots on it, takes it back, and they find out, hey, this maggot uh, belongs to a, a, a species of fly that isn't from around here. The sarcophagi or something like that? The it's sarcophagi, like, yeah. yeah, it's a very specific fly that is, its whole purpose is to eat these decomposing flesh, and that's its yeah. whole breeding cycle. But I love the fact of, it's not, it's it's only in one area, but it's only, you know, 10 miles that way. <laughs> oh. yeah, so, it, yeah, I mean, it ordinarily doesn't survive in this kind of climate, I guess, is what he was trying to say because of the temperatures for it. That it wouldn't be found normally here but yeah let's just say it's that rare and let's just go with it it's a fantasy movie why not <laughs> right. right 
Yeah, that's the whole thing is it, it leads to her traveling to that area and trying to put these pieces together, which we kind of see throughout the movie. It starts off in that area, in, in some part of Switzerland. and uh, Oh, that's very clearly the Alps, right? Those are gorgeous yes. mountains. Yeah, and that's where Fiora gets knocked off. She, she gets left up behind school trip, school bus. She misses the bus, tries to go to the house to borrow a phone, goes in the wrong house, and uh, something breaks loose and starts chasing her up into some kind of cavern. And yeah, it's like a walkway that goes underneath a waterfall with like a little view window to keep you from getting soaked. It's kind of cool in there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, sooner or later, though, it looks like somebody's going to have to replace that window because because <laughs> that window gets knocked out with Fiora's head. <laughs> and call uh, Pella. That's a special job. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we get to see her head floating down the river, you know, so uh, somebody meant business. <laughs> I will say that the 4K uh, scan of this, it's the first time that the head looked really dummy like and fake, but I totally didn't care because everything uh, yeah. else was great. I didn't care that yeah. it looked fake in the waterfall. <laughs> well, you're not going to throw a real head, I don't think. So it's going to have to be fake to some degree, right? <laughs> yeah, not unless you're a Paul Nashie movie or you're going to use a real severed head. <laughs> True. <laughs> that happened once and only <laughs> once. Right. Uh, uh, so we get Jennifer Connelly coming to the school. It's not her name. Well, her name's Jennifer in the show. Uh, Corvino. Jennifer Corvino, yeah. I yeah. think her... Her place in this is like a stand-in for Asia. Like, he, this is his guilt for not being around for Asia because he's always making movies. Because a lot of this seems to be the bad things happening to her because her father's busy making movies in the Philippines. That's also very Italian. How many Italian films are made in the Philippines? Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, she's she's sent off to this school and gets accepted in, meets her, her new roommate. Uh, she's issued in from by Daria Nicolotti, who's uh, Fra Bruckner. Uh, her <laughs> he was my boyfriend uh, <laughs> and uh and the story just kind of goes from there uh you start you know seeing these girls getting knocked off which is kind of confusing uh are we just murdering for the sake of murdering these kids because do they really know any secrets that they're hiding or anything that's the only thing that's kind of missing to me is we just start seeing these teen girls getting killed. But with, do they do they a, really do they really know the purpose of why they're being killed? Is what I'm asking. No, I don't think so. But I don't I, think so either. I think I mean we know at the end it's because they saw the killer who hates his own appearance and oh spoiler alert hates their own appearance I should say <laughs> and then for some reason there's a psychotic killer who also was sane enough to be able to machine themselves this uh, snap together spear device that is like heavily like it's it's all metal and it, it has even like set screws that you can put yeah. it together and that, that help hold it together and all of that i want to know like where in the world did they find the time and when you find out who the killer is by the end of the movie like how in the world were they able to machine that someone had to create that for them or did yeah. they find that somewhere like where did this spear thing come from mostly because i want one <laughs> it can conveniently be, you know, taken apart and put into a small handbag, if you catch what I mean. Right. Uh, Again, Court, it's a fantasy film, so stop asking questions <laughs> like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's just as cra no, no crazier than, you know, Jennifer Connelly sleepwalking on that, that ledge of that roof, you know, <laughs> on that building. 
and uh, catching her coat on it and, you know, falling down and getting picked up by those hitchhiker guys or, or she hitchhikes with or whatever you want to call it. They start groping her and stuff. Yeah, they actually show in the Italian version, there's an extended part of that where um, they hit her and then like in the normal like international cutter and the even the creepers cut, it's even more truncated. But like they pick her up and put her in the car. And I think they're actually planning on because they already hit her basically just disposing of her after they do what they're going to do. Because like you said, they do start groping her. And in right. the Italian version, the extended bit, it's even more grotesque because they go for mm -hmm. a while and she really fights with them until she finally falls out of the car. In the cutter, in the more cut versions of it, it's just basically they hit her. It seems like she comes to in the car, starts going crazy, and then falls out. Right. But, but yeah. like, they've definitely had much more nefarious motives behind yeah. what they're doing. And I, I would think that that whole experience of getting hit and then that assault and feeling so helpless is really what triggered her, like, special telepathy powers. Sure. And then she goes on to, you know, uh, Donald Pleasant's place and turns on the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> but not like John Paul and Ringo and George or No, not you know, those Beatles. No, right. not not those folks. Yeah, she picks up one of these bugs and it starts singing its song, man. It's yeah, it's and, it's attracted to her, so. Well, who isn't? Right. Yeah, there you go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you got you got to talk no matter what conversation you have, you have to talk about the girl that's in that's just infatuated with the Bee Gees. <laughs> that's one of the students. <laughs> She's like the only thing I tend to remember about this film. <laughs> it is the, the Bee Gees obsessed lady who wants to credit them with all creativity as if music is somehow tuning up until they came along. I love that they're in the literature class and the teacher asks her, so what do you think this passage means? I think these words are taken straight out of a song by the Bee Gees. <laughs> and then and she's she got this she's got this shirt on that's got Barry Gibbs head. I mean, it covers pretty much the whole shirt. And I mean, nowadays that's not a big deal, but in, in this time frame, nobody had a shirt with a just just a big headshot of Barry Gibb. <laughs> yeah, that didn't look like a concert t-shirt. That looks like the sort of no. thing that she made herself. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's, super fan right there. Yeah. Could be the killer, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no one's that big of a Bee Gees fan unless they're psychotic, right? <laughs> oh man. Uh what are we missing here? I mean, and not, well, I guess we can, we can give stuff away, I guess. It doesn't yeah, hurt anything. If folks haven't seen this by now, we do kind of, you go through kind of the whole film anyway, so we might as yeah. well just kind of discuss it. So the killer's a child or a uh, growth regressed man. Uh, their age is really uh, vague. And also apparently he's a demon child from a sexual assault that happened to his mother while she was working in an asylum while she was in the like uh silence of the lambs level of the asylum <laughs> if he only had a glove with you know, with uh, knives on it you know it would really meld this whole story together <laughs> right but it wasn't a hundred maniacs in this case it was right. one very specific like worst of the worst maniacs yeah named chuck <laughs> <laughs> it could be charles lee ray <laughs> it could be, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of the thing here is you, you find out that you, you kind of have two killers here. Um, and one is to cover up for the other one that's going around and doing the killing. So this, this, this little guy who's obviously got some messed up features on his face and maggots on his face. Um, when it leads to this part, uh, again, Jennifer Connelly's character, takes a trip out to to the Alps to to track down all that's going on based off these maggots. 
leads to the house, goes inside the house, and finds out that Dario Nicolotti's character is living there. And that's when things just, the, the switches turn, right? We've had other cool things to happen where Jennifer Colley is getting bullied by all the kids at the school because they found out she's got these abilities because she wrote a letter to her dad saying, hey, I, I'm finding out I can do this stuff. And they find the letter and they're bullying her. And then all of a sudden she pulls a carry on them and screams. And all of a sudden the whole building is just covered with flies that are there to protect her. I love that scene where she's telling the flies that she loves them all. I love you. I love you all. Yeah. And you think she's talking to the, or the girls think that she's talking to them till they look outside and see all the, the flies on the window. So yeah, when Jennifer Connelly, like when a bright light comes on her and her hair starts floating in the wind, it's time to back off. <laughs> it's like Enigma, <laughs> only with a real budget. Enigma. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I mean, she she makes this trip and finds out that Something else is going on in this house. The whole deal with getting her to take the take the pill is just crazy. I mean, and I guess she gets a sense that it's some sort of poison that Darian Nicolodi has given her. I can't remember what she says. Is it something to just calm her down or was it a sleeping pill? I think she was trying to drug her, yeah. But like yeah. She, she said something about to help her relax or to help her right. sleep. I thought it was like, a, yeah, kind of a calmer nerves kind of thing. And yeah, it's as soon probably... as she starts taking it, it's probably like this huge freaking sedative because, yeah, you're right. As soon as she takes it and it starts to dissolve even just a little bit, she starts to get really dopey. And yeah. luckily she throws up what's left of it, but there's enough in her system to make her sluggish and not be able to defend herself properly. Yeah. And she even tries to make it back to the phone and, and she even knocks <laughs> Daria Nickelodeon on the ground, you know, while she's trying to make this phone call. But then <laughs> she comes up behind her and hits her with something, kind of lays her out a little bit and locks her up. And then you go through this other scenario of her going through this tunnel that's in the house and coming up in this room that nobody wants to go to. That's a and, very heavy Suspiria influence there is this yes. hidden tunnel that goes through. Yeah. Yeah. Very creepy. This is some of the most effective, like, shock and horror moments in this film. Yeah. And we have a visitor come up to the house at the same time, which happens to be a, an officer of some sort who's doing some sort of investigation. He was at the uh, very beginning. He was the guy that brought the head to Donald Pleasant's character. And right. It's finally so come doing... to yeah. It's finally come to this conclusion. But he is essentially five steps behind Jennifer because she's already solved the case. Right. Right. <laughs> but somehow Dario Nicolotti and maybe Little Man grab him and chain him to the wall. Which so when I think about that. When you think about the very beginning of this movie, you give me your thoughts on this, Court. But we've chained up the, the the investigator to the wall. But at the beginning of the movie, those chains get broken off or broken out of the wall. And we assume that it's this maniac killer. Well, there's two different locations, right? The place that the chains get yanked out of the wall, I think, is that smaller house where the other girl is. But when he broke out from there... That abandoned part of the school area that's like got that giant pool of corpses that we see at this pit. I yeah. think that is where she's keeping her child now. And I think he's been locked in a room as opposed to just chained to a wall. So that's what I was saying, because initially the chains were for him, but maybe that wasn't enough to hold him. So now she has to like lock him in his own room or something in another location. Oh, yeah. It's just one of those things that kind of make you go, no, wait a minute. But anyways, they chain this guy to the wall. Jennifer Connelly comes in there, her character. Jennifer, and uh, 
she uh, is frightened by the guy that's on the wall because he's pretty battered up at this point. And she slips and falls into this big bat, vat, not bat. That's that's this show is bat crazy. <laughs> bat vat and, crazy. And it's it's just goo left over of people that are being eaten by larvae. <laughs> it is nasty. It's far grosser than the swimming pool with the bodies coming up from the ground in Poltergeist. That was what I was going to say. If you were going to compare it to something, it's very much like the pool scene. Yeah, only but, much more gross because Jario Argento yeah. is like, hold my latte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And Dario Nicolotti comes in. You're finding out she's a mad woman, and she is just cackling like this is the funniest thing she's ever seen with Jennifer falling into that. She's planning on killing Jennifer, and our officer in the background, in order to get, he's, he's got these cuffs around his arms, chained to the wall, and in order to get loose, he breaks his own thumb with his fist <laughs> so he can slide the handcuff or the cuff off just so he can get his hand around Daria Nicolodi's neck and start strangling her. Then that's Jennifer's cue to get out of there. She wanders through more of the house and notices, this is another thing too, is all the windows or all the mirrors and windows have sheets over them. And she makes this, you know, discussion of, uh, for her son. She has a son and he he doesn't want to see his reflection or anything like that. It upsets him. And now we know why, because he's a little demon child. <laughs> <laughs> little maggot face. Little maggot face. And <laughs> she sees this kid over there crying in the corner and goes up to him and says, don't be afraid. You, you don't have to be afraid anymore. And it turns around and of course it's, like I said, maggot face. And then we get a chase out to, <laughs> out to the lake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you know... We're leaving out something totally in this movie that's Donald that's Pleasant's death. Donald Pleasant's death and his work partner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of fantasy life uh, or, or a fantasy <laughs> movie, I didn't know that chimps could be effective nurses for the invil invalids out there. Yeah. <laughs> so the handicapped folks. Donald Pleas Pleasant can't, can't get along by himself. So he's got a, a chimpanzee that's kind of his worker and he's got this laser pointer whatever he points at the monkey knows to go get it and bring it back or take care of it and he makes even the comment of you know the monkey she she never forgets what she sees the laser pointed at right donald pleasance gets killed because he's getting too far into this and he's figuring out what's happening killer shows up we don't see who it is but the monkey does <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those cover-up murders. So that's we've already discussed that the mother is doing it's, all the cover-up murders like this. Yeah, one. it's 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 and it's it's weird that this fantasy thing's got such a giallo thing going on with it too. Oh, it's the most gialli of any fantasy movie ever because there's yeah. so much animal stuff involved. Yeah, and you got there's even a random scene throughout the movie where you just get a clip through all this other stuff that's going on with Jennifer Connelly and stuff. You get this one scene where it's like an open shot of like a park or something. You see the chimpanzee go through and stop at a trash can, pull out a straight razor, and just keep on walking. <laughs> Y'all see murders in the room, Org? We know what's about to happen. <laughs> oh, So, back at the lake, Jennifer Connelly's getting in a boat, and all of a sudden, here comes old Wormy. He runs. He jumps in the boat. <laughs> I like the nickname of Wormy. That's better than Maggot Face. <laughs> oh, wormy. Wormy. And uh, he starts attacking her, trying to kill her. Well, she screams, and guess what happens? Here comes all the flies. They attack Wormy. And, I mean, like, ripping his face off and stuff. And he falls off the boat into the water. 
During all this, there's a gas can that's leaking. She goes to crank the boat. It explodes. Well, it didn't explode. It catches fire. And all of a sudden, the, the fuel runs out in the water. So you get this nice Friday the 13th Part 7. Well, that was you know, six where he six. did the fire around the boat. That's but right. The, six. the versus carry was seven. Yeah. Yes. And uh, then you get the water on fire. She's trying to get away from that, so she dives in the water. Well, Wormy tries to grab her underwater, even though he's slowly dying. She gets away, gets up on the beach. We forgot to mention that her, is it her uncle that's on her way to, on the oh, way to pick you? Her father's manager and lawyer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how you get both of those in the same. <laughs> it's her dad's Michael Cohen, I guess you could say. It's a fantasy, fantasy flick. Don't forget, Corey. Right, right, right. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. He can, he can be whatever he wants to be. So. Right. <laughs> Logic does not exist in the world of phenomena. Now, for you that are playing along, I'm going to say you need to watch this movie. But the one thing that you need to see, regardless if you see this movie or not, is the last, I don't know, 20 seconds <laughs> of this movie. Because here comes this lawyer guy come downhill to save her. She's exhausted, obviously, been through a lot of crap. He's coming down. He's excited to see her. She's obviously happy to see him. And then out of nowhere, here comes a flying piece of sheet metal, cuts dude's head right off. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's, it's Dario Nicolotti's character, Val Brooker. <laughs> <laughs> and then she takes the piece of sheet metal so apparently she got away from the officer that was you know chained to the wall and made her way out here but now she's all upset because obviously we've killed wormy she's upset about it. she's got jennifer Connolly on the ground with this piece of sheet metal across her neck about to just you know do the uh what, what was the what was the chopper tool that that guy used to advertise <laughs> oh the jack chop or something like that yeah something whatever it was slap slap chop slap chop the jack chop is the the parody of that that was done yeah it's slap chop you're right yeah i mean so he's, she's about to just take her head off with the sheet metal and then she's like why don't you call your insects to come and stop me and she's like she's going bat crap crazy right yeah and then all of a sudden you hear her yell and behind her is the chimpanzee with the straight racer hitting her across the leg, making her fall on the ground, and the monkey just proceeds to just <laughs> slash her in the face with this straight racer. And across the throat in some of the scenes. Too. Yeah. 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 And then as soon as the monkey is like got all the anger out, it just drops the <laughs> drops the knife, goes against Jennifer Connelly's lap. The end. <laughs> <laughs> just like a hammer film, man. Monsters dead, roll credits. <laughs> That's it, man. Of course, Argento's, I mean, all of his movies are, you know, as soon as that happens, you have been watching. Phenomena, or Suspiria. Yeah. yeah, it's over with. Monster Dead movie over. <laughs> uh, it's such a bizarre flick, but it's so beautifully done. Uh, again, I, as much as I love Argento, I just, I really think this is one of his better films, even as weird as it is. There's just something special about it. Yeah, absolutely. This is probably the one that I connected with the fastest. Um, mm -hmm. I had seen, I, I can't remember the order that uh, Anchor Bay had released them in, but um, I had seen, I had obviously seen Suspiria first, but 
Yeah. Um, that that was a film that it took me a while to kind of grow into loving. Uh, the more yeah. the more mature of a film watcher I became, the more I enjoy Suspiria for not besides the violence and things. Uh, right. Deep Red is probably my no, it is. It's my favorite of all of his giallos, like just straight up giallos, yep. because it is the most insanely violent and just straightforward narrative you can follow. And there's a wonderful twist in it that if you pay attention, actually pays off well. Yes. Um, and then I saw this one. I saw Deep Red, then Phenomena. Doo, 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 doo. And then I think shortly after that, I may have seen Opera. And those Ooh. those three are um, kind of like a trifecta of the, yeah. the high points of sort of, well, at least for Opera and Phenomena, they're the high points of his later career when he's adding in mm. all of the metal and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But Deep Red is definitely like, peak his peak jolly i don't think he really ever reached that again totally agree that's that's my hands down my favorite movie of his uh i never get tired of it right and i've 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 actually already done that one on the show so y'all can go back and check that one out (laughs) but don't be fooled by this one uh, because this movie is awesome oh it's just but it's one of those things where you have to take the last like i said minute of this movie and just show it to somebody because it'll make you want to go back and watch the rest of it because there's got to be an explanation, but you don't really get much of one. <laughs> it's what I used to refer to as the selling point on my shows. Like, this yeah. is the thing that you want. Like, hey, do you want to see a chimpanzee go ham on a psycho killer and save a girl's life by using her straight razor like it's murders in the room org? No, yeah. that's not that's not enough. Would you like to also know that that girl can control insects whenever she's scared? <laughs> Oh, that's not enough? That's not? Okay, what about a metal soundtrack that just makes no sense but just pops up because it's a fantasy movie? What about Donald Pleasance? (laughs) What about Donald Pleasance and a terrible Scottish accent? Is that selling you yet? I mean, that should be top tier right there. Right? That's all I needed. (laughs) Yeah, man, this movie's great. And, uh, man, I'm just kind of lost the words for it. I mean, it's... It's so well done, even as crazy as the subject matter is. This movie's put together really well. And what do you expect out of Argento at this time, right? And I think that's why we have such a problem with his later stuff. Because it seems like this stuff was happening. It it seems like this stuff was just happening naturally for him. Then it seems like he was trying too hard on the later stuff, and it just wasn't getting it, right? But everybody has their heyday, right? I mean, we talk about Carpenter and all those guys. But yeah, he I, had a I, few moments after this and like after opera, like in the late 90s. Like, I think Sleepless still has some moments that is. I thought Sleepless was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. worth checking out. And um, the Stendhal Syndrome, although the subject Ooh. matter is really hard to get through, is a really well made film and it's very it carefully crafted. Yeah. And while Phenomena is a very kind of batshit crazy movie if you put in the work and you pay attention and you listen to the dialogue and you try to follow the story there is a through line there it may not make logical sense with all of this hoopla of you know supernatural powers and this like little mini killer with a collapsible spear and uh, you know if you don't get bogged down in those details of things that don't make logical sense there is an actual story flow in this fantasy world that would make sense in that realm and it's a very good mystery in that context but Mm. The world that surrounds it is so batshit insane that it's kind of hard to get there and follow along with it. This is probably the closest when he was trying to remake Suspiria multiple times. Like he did yep. it with uh, 
Oh, what is the the second True Mother's uh, Inferno? Inferno. Yeah, yeah, he he kind of tried it with Inferno, but he kind of missed the mark of what made it great. And then he hit it really well here with Phenomena, but it isn't quite really a Mother's trilogy. Right. It very easily right. could have been. He just needed to tweak it a little bit. So, yeah. I mean, I think that has that same kind of feel that he was going for with Suspiria so well here. So this is like kind of the best of both worlds. It's like Suspiria and one of his great giallos just kind of mashed together like a Reese's peanut butter cup of fucking insane awesome. And I think that's exactly why I like it so much, and you as well, because we talked about how hard Suspiria kind of is to digest those first few times. This one's like a more digestible version, like you said. Uh, yeah, I think it's dead on, man. And bringing in the Giallo stuff that we like so much that he's that he's known for. Yeah, best of both worlds. And some Iron Maiden. Yeah, that's, that's, all like I need. The, that's the glass of milk that goes along with the Reese's peanut butter cup of awesome. Insane awesome, let alone. <laughs> All right, man. So normally I give these a rating. I do the one through five thing like everybody does because I'm just that unoriginal. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I get it. One is didn't like it. Two is liked it. Three is really liked it. No, no. Uh, three is whatever whatever it is yeah, the, the higher up the more you obviously five is absolutely loved it's it, right? the duncan mcleish scale right yeah. yeah the netflix scale that duncan mcleish usurped and now that netflix doesn't do it's just thumbs up or thumbs down right. so this is however many you need to to make it happy it's going to go over that for me i'm pushing the past five stars button and wow. trying to break the interface on this one for sure because this is one of my absolute favorites of his yeah i give it a five as well uh even as crazy as it is some people will like it. A lot of people will love it. A lot of people probably won't like it. I don't know. But for me personally, I never get tired of this one. And when we brought this up as a conversation piece, we were both like, I don't even really know that I have to watch it again to talk about it. <laughs> obviously, I, I failed. <laughs> obviously, I failed on that because I was missing some things here. But uh, overall, it's just it's it's a staple in my collection. I mean, it's it's one of those that. I have to have in my collection and I have to share it with people. So that's why it's on this show. And I'm glad that court, you're the one to bring it up because it is obviously on my list, but giving me any reason to move it up in front, (laughs) totally fine with that, man. (laughs) Well, and I mean, okay. Talking about like, what is your favorite? What, you know, like just to kind of illustrate this, I just got a 4k UHD of this uh, right before. And so when I saw that that was on the list, that's why I kind of went for it when you wanted me to guest on the show yeah. and I'm glad it fit in with the batshit crazy and all of that. Yeah. Uh, but this is the, let me, let me just do this in my head. Sixth copy that I own of this. Now I had a VHS dub of creepers that I rented and then dubbed. Then I mm. bought uh anchor Bay uh, VHS of, VHS? It, of phenomena. Then yep. I bought the anchor Bay DVD. Then I bought the synopsis Blu-ray that I think was the steel book of this. And now I have the synopsis 4k. <laughs> I, I can't remember which Blu-ray I've got of it, but I've definitely got it on Blu-ray, but uh, I don't have it on 4K yet, which yeah. I, I do have Suspiria on 4K, though. I do have, um, yeah, okay, so I have that for the DVD and everything, and I think I bought a VHS, like an X-Rental. When the shop I rented it from, I have a Creeper somewhere of the mm-hmm. X-Rental VHS of that, and it's in really bad shape. So that's at least five. So I have at least five copies of this, and I think I bought it on DVD twice. Huh. Actually, because somebody did an even better scan than Anchor Bay. So I may have even six now that I think about it. That's a lot. <laughs> I'm kind of with you, though. I mean, uh, I discovered a lot of these movies that I really didn't see before. But when Anchor Bay kind of did all the, the releases of this stuff, that's where I really started digging in and finding a lot of these. Um, 
I'd probably had seen this one as a kid as Creepers and probably didn't pay a lot of attention to it. I don't remember it back then, but I was blown away by, you know, when Anchor Bay was releasing all the stuff and I was like, huh, got to check this one out and was blown away. So, uh, and like I said, it's just, it's in the collection, right? Oh, it has it's, to be. Yeah. If you love insane and Italian films, which you should love insane Italian films, if you're watching <laughs> or listening to this show or mine, I mean, you just yeah. kind of have to, just you part should, of the deal. you should have this one. And if you're a Dario Argento fan and you haven't given this one a, a really good shot, go back and just kind of watch it with the eyes of, Hey, this is a fantasy movie. It doesn't need to make whole lots of logical sense, but yeah. the actual murder mystery plot still follows along that crazy illogical nonsense that is the rest of the world in this story still doing the uh the two uh the two possible killer scenario way before scream <laughs> <laughs> yeah kevin williamson's a hack i'll say it out loud right now <laughs> oh but yeah man that's pretty much it for this one court tell everybody where they can find your show and what you got going on i mean obviously they know where they can find you because we're on the same network but go ahead and spill it man Ordinarily, when I'm not cutting out my lunch to be able to record with Ricky during the middle of a day, <laughs> I'm recording with Matt every Sunday to release uh, the following week for Cinema PsyOps. If you're on Legion Podcast website, you can find us under the podcast tab. You can just search Cinema PsyOps. We're going to pop up because we've been doing this for, well, pretty much over 400 weeks by the time this gets released. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm rounding the corner on eight years done. I have 30% of this eighth year completely close to where I'll be on nine years soon. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> we just can't stop. <laughs> hey, that's all right. And it's, that's not easy either. There's all the peaks and valleys of dealing with, you know, trying to keep something going. It's the hardest thing, man, is to keep the wheels turning. So, oh yeah, yeah man. Big ups uh, to Matt, actually, even though he'll never hear this, which is how I like to compliment Matt best is the way he'll never hear it. Uh, <laughs> he is working through adversity to keep the show going because he needs it as much as I do. And uh, sure. I really credit him for that. He's really putting in the time and effort to be able to continue the show going. Awesome. Good deal, man. That's good to hear. So, but yeah, you can find Court Cinema PsyOps. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. I mean, what's not to like? I mean, it's Court PsyOps. You heard the guy. He's awesome. <laughs> I don't know if they're all going to feel that way, but I hope they do. Uh, and also, if you enjoy Ricky and I bantering back and forth like a couple of madmen or cackling old women, check out Mental Rental on the Legion <laughs> podcast feed. Yes, and hopefully we'll get the newest one out there that I thought was already out there. So I'm, I'm a little behind on that, but we'll get it. Like I we said, do. if you have any issues with it or if you just want me to add it to the video after you get it all ready to go and sync it up, I will do that for you. That's no problem. I'll take that extra bit of effort. You've done the bulk of the work there. If we can get them out more regularly, I'll start taking over some of those duties. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll figure it all out. If you're willing to give me the control. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Less on me is always better. <laughs> <laughs> that was my philosophy. <laughs> all right, folks. That's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hey, let us know if you're a fan of this flick. Let me know if, you, if you're into the Argento stuff. I'd love to hear your stories of when you first saw this movie and what you think about it. All that good stuff. Uh interaction folks that's why we're doing this more than anything else and to hopefully get you to check out something you've never seen before that's kind of it it's the used car salesman thing man we're trying to get you to check out something that we think is groovy that's right <laughs> yeah and even though we've told you basically everything that's going to happen you still have no idea what's going to happen in the oh, plot. And, yeah it's yeah, still yeah. going to blow your mind <laughs> absolutely absolutely so all right folks that's it for this episode thanks for hanging out with us 
We will check you later.